0: Hello and welcome inside Sun Devil Stadium for the final edition here at Sun Devil Stadium of the Year of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. We saw ASU lose today in a pretty convincing fashion. Thirty one to seven was the final score. Almost thirty four, but we saw so many missed field goals today. A couple a couple, couple a couple doinks, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. A couple of them went off the post. From
1: close range too. It was weird, the the fact that they double doings
0: were both from,
1: like, basically the uh, old NFL extra point, which I guess still is the college extra point. but
0: Right, I think everybody was, like, before the game, the wind was swirling. Yeah. Which was crazy. And then during the game, it wasn't as bad, but I, I digress. Uh, next week, obviously, the big game, the Territorial Cup game, and uh, we're going to need to see a much better performance from this ASU defense if they're going to go out and beat Jaden Delora and the Wildcats next week it wasn't a great performance at all especially in the run game jesse just give me your thoughts on what you saw from from the run defense today
2: yeah i mean they just weren't tackling uh the 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 rushing attack for oregon state uh they were just basically just running it down arizona state's throats um it was just it was tough to watch um it just seems like a trend with this team over and over and over again. They just keep getting gashed uh, by another team's run, and when a run game is cooking for a team, it's really hard to beat them.
1: I'll give you guys a little tidbit. So I'm listening. ASU has just played their final home game of the season. That's game number six. Four times at home this year, the Devils have allowed over 200 yards of rushing, just on the ground. Yeah. This was the only the third worst. So there were two other performances that were worse than this from a defensive run defense standpoint. But the bottom line is they lost all four of those games, which are half of their losses. Half of the ASU's losses this season have come at home. Granted, all of them except the one were against Pac-12 opponents that are pretty good, right? They're ranked. But Eastern Michigan wasn't. And even after that, we really haven't seen this team consistently play like they could. We heard Sean Aguano going into the UCLA game. Like, we got to change this run defense. And quite honestly, we really haven't seen much of that change. So I just don't understand really. I mean, we heard it in the press conference, too. Like You could see the, the lethargy in the players. Like, I don't want to call anybody out, but, like, it doesn't look like anyone wants to play anymore. I mean, it, we're talking about an ASU team that if they do lose this Terrell Terrell Cup, take, take the fact that you would be losing to U of A out of it. This would be a 3-9 and nine ASU team, which would go down as one of the worst teams in Arizona State history. I mean, if you look at their records, and we're talking since over 100 years worth of football, since they were the Bulldogs, yeah. ASU consistently wins at least four games. Like, this is a historic season in the absolute worst possible way. And I know you guys are both alum. I am as well but being from here and being living here for 25 plus years like I've never I've never seen I mean COVID was a little weird right because there's only four games but I've never seen a team in a season like this where it was so down so quick in a game at home on a senior day it just just, it's we've been seeing new things this year and it's just unfortunately the state of the program right now
0: and if you look at all the losses from from this season when it comes to the home games whether it was ucla or uh, even eastern michigan asu was kind of still in those games when it came out down to the wire in the fourth quarter this one it didn't feel like that this one just felt like the guys well obviously couldn't stop the run but in those games they couldn't stop the run either and this one just kind of got out of hand like it it didn't even get out of hand until the second half you know It, it was just so strange uh I don't want to say there was a lack of trying out there. I could see why people would say that because obviously with all the things involved, coaching change, you're not making a bowl this year. That was confirmed last week. Obviously people are going to point the finger at the players and say that they weren't trying, but like, I I can't say that. I don't know these guys personally. I don't talk to them very often, but unfortunately that's what it looked like tonight to a lot of people.
2: Yeah, um, I do want to say that the one player that it was evident was definitely trying out there was running back X Valaday. I think he has been the catalyst of this team. Sean Aguano said in his press conference that he was the heart and soul of this team, and he he just had another great game. And I feel really bad for him, honestly, because he has come into Tempe. He has had one of the best seasons that any ASU running back has ever had, and he, he comes out and he has a great performance basically every week. And, you know, to to be on a team that is three and 3-8, it just must be terrible for him because, you know, he didn't probably expect to play at a level of college football like this, and now he is playing at a level of college football like this, but it's just not going, you know, the way he would probably want it to be. And I, I, just, I just feel really bad for him.
0: Now, before I get to you, Jake, he was very emotional before the game. He was crying on his way out when he was walking there. Now, I don't know whether that's, you know – the finality of you know it's his final college football game uh, here you know and and it's starting to sink in that you know it's his final college football game or if he's like man i wish i would have come here sooner and that's what you want in players you want guys who want to be here and i feel like that's what ex-validate was was kind of emotional about before the game because he found a place. That accepted him and that wanted him and that fed him the ball as much as they could well, 109 yards today on 13 carries just unbelievable performance again uh kudos to x Valdez i wish him nothing but the best in the future and hopefully he puts uh that big uh that big stiff arm into juve next week
1: yeah speaking of the emotion we obviously saw kyle Soli post game who was beyond pissed off, um, would not even talk about really anything that happened in today's game and was only focused on U of A. And as Jeremy just said, that's also going to be his last college football game until he tries to go on to the NFL. Um, But what I wanted to say, and as dumb as this sounds, I'm bringing up the pigeon, not because of, like, the fact that it's a pigeon. There was a pigeon sitting in this end zone right behind us for the last two plays of the third quarter. And the entire fourth quarter. Now, and a lot.
0: It was also a lot in the first quarter as well. Uh, in the in the far end zone, the pigeon was there, and the band was yelling at it and say and they were cheering the pigeon on. It was it was it was great, great performance from the pigeon. <laughs> My point with all of this is to say that. The pigeon was able to
1: not be disturbed. A it was eating seeds laid on the grass, but it was not able to be disturbed because that was the end zone. ASU was attacking, and ASU scored one touchdown today. Like the the pigeon got to sit in this end zone in the fourth quarter because ASU didn't even get in the red zone in the fourth quarter. I don't even know if they got in the red zone in the second half. Like offensively, offensively, it, it was it was just a struggle, and we knew it was going to be a difficult game. I wasn't expecting it to be that outright of just uh you know a stomping especially when we we found out that oregon state's running back who had six touchdowns coming into today and in almost 400 yards wasn't wasn't gonna play
2: yeah and, and we've seen that like multiple times this year where a backup running back comes into tempe and just gashes asu like how how do you let that happen it, it just makes no sense to me. Like a backup, they had UCLA, had a wide receiver out there playing running back. The wide receiver, any gash, ASU. So I just, I just don't get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the pitcher just chilled back there, had a good time. It uh, wasn't disturbed by any, you know, touchdowns. And yeah, going back to like the Oregon State thing, they haven't won in Tempe in forever. And so, you know, to to have them come in here and then just stomp ASU. It's, it, it's kind of embarrassing. Here's the thing.
0: ASU should be running circles around Oregon state and recruiting like that. That should not be an issue that this team should not lose to Oregon state. Like that, that should not happen. They lost 31 to seven to Oregon state. It's 30 degrees and snowing there today. It's, it's 65 degrees and sunny here. Why, why do people want to go to Oregon State instead of Arizona State? Why?
1: I forget who I was talking to about this earlier, but I feel like ASU is just right now in a state of limbo because we don't know what's going to happen with alleged sanctions for the alleged recruiting violations. We don't know who the head coach is going to be literally in what – six days from now or whenever they make the decision following the ua game because that will be the last game of the season that's going to affect recruiting the transfer portal is a whole new animal the nil is a whole new animal and let's face it asu was kind of slow to start playing the nil game so from a recruiting standpoint we we, we even our pro sports teams we even ask ourselves why can't we get big stars to come to phoenix or arizona or whatever team it is and it's It's, it's, I don't know, it's a big question. You guys obviously came here from from out of state. I love being here. I haven't left. But yeah, I I would just, like I said earlier, from everything I've been through as a fan, as a student, and now as a reporter covering the team, I've just never seen almost a state of helplessness about the Sun Devils when it comes to football.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, one of the, like, I came out here to visit, you know, to go to college and the weather was amazing. It was April. It was, like, gorgeous outside. And then I, I came here just on vacation in 2013 in November and October, and it was, like, honestly 80 degrees. So Sometimes it was a little too hot. So, I, you know, I was like, man, this is great. I don't have to deal with the winter. And, and that's one of the reasons why I came. I don't understand why other, like, why college football players want to go and play in, like, maybe it's the football weather thing. Maybe they like the football weather, but – uh I don't know if I was an athlete myself I would rather play in Arizona than in you know somewhere like Cor- Corvallis Oregon like it you know it's cold up there it rains it snows sometimes it's just you know it's not it's not ideal and then you know you've got the the big market you've got things to do here that would be fun uh, but I, you know I think also it just goes back to coaching they've got to you know get really really good coaches in here that are going to get the most out of their players and you know, whether that's Sean Iguano or somebody else, um, I don't know. But, you know, that, that's the thing that, you, you know, you look at Utah and they're, I mean, Salt Lake's a beautiful place. But the big thing with them is that they have a really good coach and a really good staff and they develop players. So, yeah, I mean, they need they need a combination of somebody that can recruit and somebody that, you know, is a is a really good coach and is going to, you know, push these players forward.
1: Utah's head coach has been a coach at Utah longer than the three of us have been alive.
0: That's true. Um, and we'll get more into this recruiting, coaching search, all of that as we get closer to the U of A game and then
2: after the game into our little postseason recap that we'll do as well. I did want to say something before we got to the U of A game. Uh, I, I do want to uh, shout out the student section. It stayed for uh, the, the proper amount of time today.
0: Thanks, Jesse. Um, Let's talk about Trenton Bourget before we get out of here as well. Um, I don't think a lot of what happened today was his fault at all. He was just under pressure the entire game. And there were a lot of play play calls that that had to be called because there was pressure. Had to call wide receiver screens. Had to call the short five-yard in-route plays because... Trenton did not have time to throw the ball. And the one time he did have time to throw the ball, unfortunately he overthrew Elijah Badger. It would have been a touchdown. He had him. But, um, you know, I, I don't blame Trenton for his performance today and, and for the reason why ASU only had seven points. It's just a lot of things that were involved in, in the reason why, you know, ASU didn't get more than that today.
2: Trenton was fine, I thought. Um, he needs to work on his passes to the outside, not you know across the middle of the field. Um, he did have one really good play that I want to point out. Uh, he was rolling to his right and then turned back and threw to his left. Uh, that was an excellent play by Trenton. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's he was fine. He was better than he was last week before he exited the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't blame this game on him. It was mostly on the defense just getting run all over.
1: Yeah, Jesse, you and I spoke about this during the game when we were, when we were watching it on, on Trenton's out-route throws. Because he doesn't have the same zip on his balls, remember the, that these passes are going... But he's got touch. He's got touch, but because of these certain, because of the lack of zip he has on these specific out-routes, that allows defenders to break on the ball because the ball's not moving down the field. It's moving literally zero yards. It's moving horizontally. So you're looking at, like, you have a 53-yard field... Left or right, you're throwing, a, we'll just say, 26 yards, right? Just to what? Gain four? Yeah. Like, it, it's, 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 that is why I think he's thrown those interceptions on, because every interception he's thrown, he didn't throw any today, but every interception he's thrown this year has been on the same exact route. <laughs> so I, I just think it, it does come down to that. Um, one thing we haven't talked about is the fact that obviously there was a game plan to get Trenton Borgay running a little bit today. He had, you know, like six, seven rushes, and because of the sacks, his yard isn't that impressive. Um, I didn't do the math because I'm not good at it, but he, you know, this was the NFL, he probably would have had like 30-plus rushing yards, right, because they don't go, the sacks don't go against his rushing yards. But, again, it's, it's not his fault. It, overall, this team was going to have to win this game ugly. Like, when they missed the field goal and had a chance to be up 10-7, I think that... You needed the little crowd to get behind you a little bit. Like, you needed those things to go your way. They didn't force a turnover. They had a muffed punt, which, I'm sorry, but DJ Taylor was literally running backwards like he was Willie Mays. Like, you just let the ball go, right? Like, even if you do catch it, you're running toward your end zone. You're going the wrong way. The
0: game was pretty much out of reach at that point, though. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying
1: that that was a deciding factor, but it, those things can't happen when you're playing a team that's ranked in the top 25. In, and we knew
0: that they were going to be a good team. So looking ahead to next week, ASU obviously plays against the University of Arizona in the Territorial Cup game. ASU looking to win again this year to bring back home the T-Cup. Um, Jesse, what are these teams playing for at this point?
2: Well, ASU's got to continue their streak. This would be six in a row for them in the Territorial Cup. Um, U of A, I mean, obviously they want to win for the first time in a, wh- in a while. You know, it's. I think it's good for rivalries for both teams to win some um, so you know I, th- I think that's that's another reason that U of A might be uh, looking to win this and then you know you just it's going to be a good atmosphere no matter what um, so that might just kind of lift the spirits of the players and get them going but yeah I mean there's a lot there's some local kids involved in this that have grown up with this rivalry too so there's that as well um, but yeah I also think just as far as from a coaching staff perspective, from an administration perspective, losing this game next week would be, would make the fans like extra angry. So I think from an ASU perspective that that's part of it. And in play is that like, you you don't want to let your fans down in this, in this particular instance, because this is the game that matters the most every year, no matter how good you are, no matter, you know, what the records are no matter what kind of season you're going to have what you're going to play in I feel like the college football rivalries sometimes matter even more than championships
0: before we get to you Jake it's huge for the U of A perspective because Jed Fish he's obviously trying to build something over there terrible year last season but this year you know trying to get to that fifth win would be really big for U of A for their program um and, and for the kids, that, you know, the recruiting class that they brought in, you know, it would be a good experience for them to show, you know, we can win big games. So for that, for, for U of A, that would be big for them. For ASU, they just got to go out on a high note, on a on a good note. There are kids on this team that are going to be here next year, some that are graduating. Ex Valade obviously, he's going to show up. He always shows up. Um, and it, it's going to be important to those guys, And like Kyle Soli and Ex Valade to be able to win this game and I think they'll show, they'll tell their teammates that and, and they'll show it through this week of practice
1: so a couple of things from me from an ASU standpoint I don't think there's anyone on this team that has ever lost to U of A so there's that, obviously the guys like Kyle Soley who are from Arizona are in Arizona State the Valley through and through and obviously he went to guys Skysell Saguaro so he's going to want to end his career on an exclamation point, but even beyond that if we look at the broader picture, let's look at it from a recruiting standpoint. If you're a kid and you're seeing your two in-state schools go at it, you see ASU is, is having just a tur- very turbulent season for a variety of reasons. If ASU loses this game, if I'm the kid, I'm thinking U of A is overtaken ASU in the state. Everything seems to be going well. They have their coach. They're getting good transfers. They're getting good recruiting classes. And ASU is not doing any of those, and they're now losing this football game. So I think there's a lot that ASU can lose if they lose this football game. Not to mention, it's the last thing that you're going to remember. It's the last taste in your mouth for anybody coming back. You go into spring ball if you're coming off a U of A loss. So I think, not that you can save the season, you cannot finish with a worse record than U of A. Specifically, not worse than two games worse, excuse me, than U of A, at five and seven and three and nine. I mean, if you're ASU, you have to make a paramount, make it evidently clear. We are both going to finish four and eight. We're going to show that we're the best football team in this state. We're going to beat both of them, literally to start and end the year. Granted, hey, that might be half your wins, but you got to prove, especially with head coach John Iguano looking to remove that interim tag, if you want to win Arizona, you you have to win this football game on Friday. You have to.
2: Yeah, and I think that these players on this team need to look back a couple of years because a lot of these guys, they were on the field for that 70-7 to game. That was a perfect football game played by ASU. There was really nothing to complain about on that game. They ran the ball well. When Jaden had to throw, throw, he threw it well, but he didn't really have to throw that well because they just – Dominated the line of scrimmage that game, so these guys that were on the field for that game remember how that felt. So they got to come out here and play like that because, I mean, they remember how that felt and they remember how they played that game. So, you know, you you got to come out, you got to come out on fire next week.
0: And we'll talk more about this in the middle of the week as we preview that game as well. You can head over to arizonasports.com and check out Jake's articles over there he'll preview the game and he also wrote a little recap for this one check it out over there you can follow us on twitter at az sports devils we'll have all the coverage all throughout the week leading up to the territorial cup for jake anderson and jesse morrison i'm jeremy schnell we'll see you in the middle of the week